Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journey podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional past, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is Maria Carias. I'm the Director of Member Operations within the ASHP Office of Member Relations, and I'll be your host today. With me today is Michelle Carasquillo, who's here to speak to her journey as a female pharmacist of Hispanic heritage. Thanks for joining me today, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me, Maria. I'm really honored to be here. Absolutely. Well, it's wonderful to meet you. I hope you and your family have been doing okay throughout this whole pandemic. Thanks so much. Luckily, we're all okay. Hope the same for you and your family. Yeah, absolutely. Great. I'm really happy to hear that. So I'm really interested in learning more about you. Can you tell me a little bit about your career in pharmacy? Absolutely. My career in in pharmacy was a little bit of a roundabout journey. I grew up really interested in literature and the arts. And in fact, when I was much younger, I actually wanted to go to law school. In high school, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that was a very pivotal moment in my life where my interests shifted from the literature and the arts to the sciences and medicine. And it was really going through that diagnosis and her fight with cancer that really inspired me to pursue a career in healthcare. To be honest, I didn't really know a whole lot about healthcare professions. So I began volunteering at Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida during my undergraduate degree. But none of the professions that I had the opportunity to interact with were truly of interest to me, doctors, nurses, lab technicians. But I still felt that healthcare was the right place for me. And luckily, around that same time, which was very late in my undergraduate career, my family moved and our new next door neighbors were pharmacists. And very fortunate for me, their mentorship and the opportunities that they offered me to come shadow within an acute care setting was really what opened my eyes up to the world of pharmacy. Prior to that moment, ironically, my mother had been saying that I should pursue pharmacy for a long time, but I never really listened because I used to perceive it as a career that was kind of boring and filled with just counting pills. But the opportunity to shadow really opened my eyes up to a brand new world that was much more complex than that uh, and much more exciting than that. And so I'm really thankful that maybe my mother knew best all along and that the right people came into my life to lead me down this path. After I got into pharmacy school, I quickly became very involved in organizations and it was my leadership involvement in APHA, ASP, and my fourth year hospital administration, APPE rotation that made me want to pursue health system pharmacy administration. I was very fortunate to match with UNC Medical Center for my health system pharmacy administration residency. And I am now currently in my first position post-residency as the clinical pharmacy manager at Baycare Health System for St. Joseph's Hospital North, which is one of the hospitals within that health system. 
Wow, that's a really great story about your introduction to pharmacy and kind of your origins in it where you didn't really start out, but then your life path kind of led you there. So can you share, touching on that, can you share a little bit more about your personal background, you know, maybe where your parents are from and your family? Yes, my parents were born and raised in a small town in the south of Puerto Rico. They're high school sweethearts, and they moved to the States shortly after they got married. My dad was in the Navy, and my mom was an elementary school teacher. I'm an only child, and I was born in Florida because my dad was stationed here. Uh, We moved around a few times, but luckily, most of my childhood really was in Florida, with the exception of my middle school years of where my dad was stationed in Puerto Rico, so I got to be back home with our family. Spanish is my first language, and growing up, we only spoke Spanish at home, but when we would get in the car, my parents would automatically switch to English. So I grew up with this bicultural identity, wherein I was a Latina at home, but I was American outside of my home. I would eat ajro con gandule with my family, but I would eat hamburgers and hot dogs with my friends at school. Education was something that was very, very important for my family. My grandmother has a doctorate in psychology and she was a university professor in Puerto Rico. And from a very young age, she has played a very big role in my life. And she always told me that you can lose all of your possessions and your wealth in life, but you will never ever lose your intelligence. No one can steal that from you. No one can steal your education from you. And most importantly for her and for my parents was that as a woman, I also selected a career in which I could be self-sufficient. And that was the level that they had set for me from a very young age. My father actually finished his undergraduate degree when I was in elementary school. And both of my parents pursued their master's degrees when I was in middle school. I would actually help my parents study and I would actually help proofread their papers for class. And that really set a very huge example for me, just seeing them pursue their dreams and achieve their dreams like that. That was a huge inspiration for me to pursue higher education. And they have supported me abundantly as I have pursued my own dreams. Wow. I really loved hearing about your family and I couldn't help, but um, I guess I'm just going to throw some personal in there, but I couldn't help to notice some similarities where both of my parents their high school sweethearts as well. And my mom is also an elementary school teacher. (laughs) And so I can't help but think about all the similarities that we might have in growing up in that dynamic. It's really beautiful. So your heritage is obviously a really integral part of your identity. You were Latina at home and American in the world. So how has your heritage, I guess, influenced or even enhanced your career? So for me, family is obviously very important. And I've always really strived to make my family proud with the decisions that I've made in my career. No one ever asked me to do that, but culturally it was ingrained in me and it's always been important to me. And most importantly, I think that being a minority and having grown up with that bicultural background has given me some different perspectives and insights that I really believe allow me to be more empathetic with my employees and the role that I'm in, but also the patients that I've had the privilege of taking care of. Are there any challenges that you face specifically as a Latina or seen others encounter? So I think that one of the most common themes throughout my life, also my career, 
is that when I tell people that I am Latina, two of the most common phrases that I have heard is, you don't look Latina and you don't sound Latina. And so I think that no one ever meant anything bad by saying those things. But from a challenge perspective, having that bicultural identity really made me doubt myself at times of wherein maybe I fit in best. And so I think that there's a lot of power that those two statements have. And really it comes down to the stereotypes that are ingrained in our culture as a whole. From the term Hispanic really originated back in the 1970s for the census. And since that time, the Latino population in the United States has been the fastest growing minority population within the United States. But that term of Hispanic from a census designation doesn't cover the wide diversity within the Latino population. I am Puerto Rican and my cousins happen to have red hair and we all have light eyes and lighter skin because of our European lineage at some point in time. But there are Asian Puerto Ricans, there are Black Puerto Ricans. And being Puerto Rican is not the same as being Cuban, is not the same as being from Guatemala, is not the same as being from Mexico. And so when people say that, they have stereotypes that have been ingrained in them from the media or from that big category that we're trying to fit everybody into. But those really don't define all that diversity that's out there. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I've definitely encountered those same reactions and questions and comments throughout my career, so I can relate. So along those lines, I guess, would you say that Latinos are underrepresented in the pharmacy workforce? Yeah, I would say that overall, that is probably very true. I think that I'm very fortunate to work in a very diverse environment. And working in Florida, I would say the demographics of of my staff and the demographics that we see within our healthcare system are quite different than what we see from across the nation. So just to give you a little bit of perspective, here in in my department of pharmacy, about 40% of my staff is Latino. And that really has to do with where I'm at in the United States. But when I look at statistics for the whole United States, only about 5% of the population of pharmacists classify themselves as Latinos. And so from that piece, I would say that, yes, we are underrepresented in pharmacy as a whole. Absolutely. Well, what do you think can be done to kind of bridge that gap? I think that naturally with us being such a, a huge minority population that keeps on growing and by 2050 is supposed to triple in size, some of that will take care of itself. But I think that we really need to do a better job of embracing the cultural diversity that Latinos bring, but also understanding that a lot of the patients that we'll be taking care of as that population grows is also going to be Latino. And so being able to recruit pharmacy students and getting people interested in pursuing pharmacy early on 
I think is is really the difference that we can make as far as as getting people to be interested, not just in pharmacy, even just in pursuing healthcare in general. Absolutely. It really starts with the community. Giving back to the community and starting young, as you said, is an excellent place to start. You touched a little bit on caring for the Latino population and how that's a large part of what you do where you currently are. So how do you think these racial disparities in care, what are your thoughts on or even personal experiences on caring for the Latino community specifically? So circling back a little bit to what I touched on previously about the wide, vast diversity within the Latino population, I think that pharmacists have the greatest access to providing patient care. We are one of the most accessible patient care providers out there. And that's an amazing opportunity to make an impact. But one of the places where we have not done a great job is in becoming culturally competent enough to understand all of those cultural differences that are out there. For example, when you are treating a diabetic patient or when you are treating a patient with cardiovascular disease, two of the most common diseases within the Latino population, both of those disease states can be modulated to some extent with diet changes. But the Latino population, depending on where you are from, eats very differently than the traditional American population. And when you are trying to make connections with your patients, telling a Puerto Rican that they should eat more broccoli and more carrots in their diet is not really going to resonate with that person. Because my diet growing up, I didn't really eat vegetables at home. I did when I visited my friends because that was normal for them. But my diet growing up consisted mostly of rice and beans and meats and starches. And so I think it's really important to understand those cultural pieces so that we're able to make those changes in a realistic way with those patients. And similarly, within many of the Latino populations, there's a lot of beliefs, spirituality, and also natural medicine. And so it's important for you to understand where your patients are coming from. It's important to understand what their core beliefs are. From a blood pressure standpoint, my grandfather is in his 90s, uh, but has nine stents. <laughs> and so he has been on blood pressure medications for a very long time. And one of the things that always comes up for him is, oh, I'm just going to drink passion fruit juice to lower my blood pressure. And so that has always been a talking point for me of, yes, passion fruit has some natural capacities there, but it's not going to cure the pieces that we're trying to treat here. And so I think it's important to have those knowledge pieces when you're treating your patients. And that's very different depending on where your patients are from. Absolutely. You touched on some really important points. Uh, where do you think that that can start? Would it be within pharmacy school and residencies? How do you think we can enhance that knowledge and that cultural competency? So I did some research prior to this podcast because I, I didn't feel that I was necessarily the best 
expert out there in that field. And I really wanted to actually applaud some of the pharmacy schools that are already doing something. So I know that the University of Houston and Butler University actually have programs embedded within their pharmacy curriculum for medical Spanish that doesn't just focus on students learning how to have uh, healthcare conversations in Spanish, but also focuses on teaching them cultural competence uh, within the different Hispanic populations and some of those beliefs. And so I do think that there is an opportunity out there um, to increase more of those opportunities, but also recognizing that pharmacy school is, is four years and, and we're trying to put a lot in there within those four years that there is also opportunities within residency classes of, of having those cultural competence, maybe certificate programs or speakers come in to talk to those residency programs. I don't think it's just one thing. I think that there's many opportunities out there that we have as a profession to tackle those issues. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing those up. Well, earlier you mentioned some really great mentors in your life, all the way from when you were in high school and you had the opportunity to visit some pharmacies and then just mentors throughout your career. Can you share your thoughts on mentorship and how that role can shape your career? Absolutely. I have been blessed with some really incredible mentors that have taken me under my wing. And I'll never forget back in high school, at my high school graduation, our speaker had said, you won't remember my name, but if you remember anything from today, remember that the further you get in life, the more people you will have to thank for how far you've come. I don't think that I can quantify how true that statement is because the truth is I don't remember the man's name, but I do very much resonate with the fact that I have way too many people to thank for where I am today that honestly opened up doors for me, but also just provided a lot of advice throughout my personal life, but also throughout my career. And so I think mentorship is so essential and it can look very different for everyone, but I think it's so important to embrace all of those opportunities that come forth, especially for for pharmacy students who are just starting out. Take advantage of of your rotations and the opportunities that are given to you through your schools and through your organizations. You are going to meet so many people and every single one of those people that you interact with could serve as a mentor for you. So really seek out someone that you resonate with and help them help you um, by opening up the door to the advice that they have because it can really be invaluable and you never know where where that opportunity is going to lead you. That is invaluable advice. I do know that sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating for a pharmacy student or a resident to seek out people and seek out mentors. How do you think pharmacists that are already practicing can maybe encourage those relationships? Yeah, I think something that I do on rotations that I offer here. So I am involved in APPE rotations as well as PGY1 rotations for our pharmacy practice residency and PGY2 rotations for our health system pharmacy administration program. And throughout all of those rotations or interactions, I have always 
offered my students that if there is ever a time that you have questions about career paths or about personal life balance management, you are welcome to ask any of those questions. And I am more than happy to have any of those conversations with you. And I I think that sometimes being able to offer that up front rather than waiting for someone to ask you if you are truly willing to serve as a mentor is really an invaluable piece, regardless of whether you think that this person is a super high performer or a low performer. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day because you can offer advice in both scenarios that can help that person along their career. That is great advice, kind of stepping up and starting that conversation since you've already been in their, in their shoes. So expanding on that, do you have any final thoughts or recommendations for the next generation? Maybe how they can use their heritage to their advantage? I think my advice really is to be proud of where you come from. Really embrace the fact that you bring something unique to the profession. You bring something unique to your patients. And really embrace the opportunities that that will present to you. Always say yes when possible, when something comes up. because like I said before, you really never know where that's going to take you. And that might just help you shape your career. Wow, that's really great. Thank you for sharing that. Well, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank Michelle for joining me today and discussing her incredible journey and sharing such great advice. Join us here at ASHP Official for more Practice Journey podcasts. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.